Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. One of the original guests of the Sample Hour. It's a lot of my friendships and relationships actually originate because of this one, because uh, you, myself, and Will will have conversations about certain topics and go down different rabbit holes. And then I go and get people on my podcast. Uh, but this guest is a former podcast host, but now on Twitter it's at RunStoic. Um, my, my good friend, Mick Guzman. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on your show, man. Yeah, it's been long overdue. We've been thinking about trying to do, uh, we have an idea to do like a, the new moral authority or majority. Was it new moral authority? I think that's what uh, moral, ma- moral, moral majority was the, what Jerry Falwell and yeah, his and group. We- we, we're planning on doing a podcast about how it switched from Jerry Falwell to the uh, SJWs. Um, but I just had Hotep Jesus on and Maj Ray and uh, my buddy Michael Jordan, the Bee Whispers, said, hey, you should get on a guy that's Mexican with similar views. And I was like, oh, I know the perfect guy. And <laughs> 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 Because I think when you were on the Edward Bernays train, and I was like, well, yeah, dude. I mean, and then I think I pointed you in the direction of libertarianism, and then you read Ayn Rand, and then you read a bunch of other books. And then and then I think we were both kind of anarchists for a little bit, because the last episode you were on, you talked about, uh, it was the court system. Like, you went to court to fight, uh, <laughs> challenge jurisdiction. And uh, I recently just went to court. It made me think about that, because I got the two tickets. And uh, I just kind of deal with the prosecutor. Um, and I got one of my tickets dismissed, and the other one I had to pay a fine for. And plead guilty to. Man, it's it sucks, man. Because even if, if you do, um, like, if you say you're innocent or something like that, they take the whole innocent bunch. This is what I saw when I went. So first of all, the person sitting up there calling themselves a judge here locally, like at a city level, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like she was unexperienced. Like she looked because the prosecutor and I had looked up the prosecutor who she was, and she acted as a judge uh, in a uh, in a different in a smaller city. So she was like coaching the judge on what to say when I was throwing these fucking curveballs. <laughs> <laughs> it was so jacked up. And then to all the people that said not guilty the judge would just arbitrarily say okay you're you know like select which ones were the ones that she was going to let off and then select the other ones that were not and because i was being so vocal there was this like you could tell it was like a you know middle class white lady she was like wait but on what basis are you telling me that i am guilty you know like i i guess i emboldened her to say something <laughs> and then they they told her to shut up and pay her fine. She did. <laughs> shut up, slave. <laughs> Look at this boot. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Well, so we we've talked a lot about uh, um, kind of like we've both kind of shifted. We were we were I don't know. Like I'm I guess I'm still more libertarian, but I just don't like to put myself in a box. And before we start recording, you feel the same way. Um, yeah, but. So I kind of wanted to get into history. So we we I think we talked about it a little bit before back in the day, but now we we're we're kind of we're 
I mean, so this was six years ago, which is kind of crazy. I think when we first started recording, when we first did our first podcast together, um, and I think you had a podcast, what, like seven or eight years ago? was when you were really... Oh, like, man, I think so. Yeah, I was like out. doing anything, anything just to have fun, and then it just stopped being fun. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, I... I think I shifted focus to towards like just stuff around me, and I was like, "Well, I I like to do things excellently, and I'm definitely doing this half-ass." So well, it wasn't fun anymore. That's too bad. Uh, but yeah, everything. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Every, oh, you're gonna. Cut I you was off. just gonna. No, you didn't. I was gonna say everything has a season. Um. So well, let's kind of talk about some things. So, uh, you are a Mexican. Um, do you think uh, Donald Trump is a Nazi? So first, I have to say what kind of Mexican I am, right? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> because it's very weird. Um, I don't, you know, this is just my experience, and I've always, even within the Mexican community, it just it, it, there's so much nuance. So, like, not only am I Mexican, but I'm like I'm a I'm an actual immigrant. I got here when I was uh, six years old. I mean, I was here when I was like maybe. Uh, I think a year and a half, and then my mom sent me back. Uh, I got um, because my mom had medical documents. She kept, she was able to uh, apply for um, the amnesty. Uh, I, I think it was 1984 or 86. I don't remember 84. I guess uh, with Ronald Reagan, and uh, so then I was here. But everybody at my house spoke Spanish, so. You know, I would go to school with other uh, people that, you know, identify as Mexican. Uh, at that time, you would just say Mexican. It wasn't like Mexican-American. I don't know. Like the the school. Yeah, it wasn't as complicated. Or people would call themselves Latino to call to, to get under this big umbrellas to coordinate policy or whatever. And now it's like everybody wants to be divided, subdivided and... Uh, but anyway, in my neighborhood, it was uh, it, the school I went to was like eighty percent black, maybe about fifteen percent Hispanic, and then five percent uh, Vietnamese. I'm gonna say that was the kind of Asian that that was here in Houston, in, in my neighborhood. And uh, so even then, I still felt like an outsider with the kids that were, you know, that had parents that spoke English and stuff like that. So I was always like, I don't know, but the 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 kinds of people that my family was from mexico they came they were they were hard workers the the first people that came over here were my uncles and they were like well you got to work hard you got to work hard to make it over there and they would send money back to my grandparents and i was living with my grandparents until i came over here and then everybody else that came over here it's like well you got to follow the rules like there was no um like now everybody's like oh that's unjust that's unfair it's like no these are the rules you freaking have to work around them to do the you know to you have to work with the rules to be able to prosper to um to make a better life for yourself make a better life for your family and you know what i mean it's like some uncles married people that were like uh, citizens you know here and then they be they became legal and things like that and uh you know some of their kids ended up being 
you know, public servants, you know, like my cousin's a Houston police department, a police officer. Uh, he's always telling me crazy shit that he does, but he's like super Republican, like almost like establishment Republican. Because, you know, Republican. Yeah. Cause if sometimes I'll, I'll give my libertarian views on certain things and I'm not going to say I'm a libertarian on everything because of course, after reading like about political philosophy, like you are one, this one big giant mass whole, one whole W H O L E. Uh, and so then it's like, but sometimes I'll tell them like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like, for example, we think of, um, like the ideal police officer, you know what I mean? Uh, but it's just in my head because in practice he does something different. You know what I mean? He's like, I fucking love fucking up criminals. Like it, he just says shit like that. I'm like, uh, okay, but these are just people. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just somebody that makes a mistake. It's not really. And in his mind, he has a hard line of the working man yeah. and the criminals. Like that's how he divides people. And it's not right. Obviously, you know, it's like, but maybe that's what you need when you're a police officer. You know what I mean? To be able to, I don't know, which is like, I don't believe in them in police officers going fishing for crimes. Right. Like that was one of the things that we've talked about a lot. Like it's not right for cops to go around because that's some Nazi shit, you know? Absolutely. Uh, but in the poor communities, they accept that they accept like, Hey, nothing to hide, you know, nothing to hide, nothing to fear kind of mentality. I don't know. And, uh, but, but in, in my head, it's like, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm conservative in a lot of sense, but I, I'm also aware that I, I think all of us are born into different communities or different groups. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about culture, the culture. Yeah. The influence that you're, the people in your life have made, uh, whether it's neighbors or grandparents or things like they people at your church yeah people at your church that like you're in this community and you have all these responsibilities to all these communities and so then i think what i've been doing is just trying to be consistent with myself in the big picture you know uh, like in the big picture like in existence like me as an existent like how do i what is the most consistent thing that I can do? Uh, do I have to take a position on this? Do I have to take a position on that? So, you know, then, I mean, now we can talk about, um, like, let's say Donald Trump or his policies on the border or, you know, those things. Like, What's your, what's uh, your cousin's opinion of uh, the wall? You he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, damn it. Like, I just asked him too, because he he said that he was part of the team that was like protecting Donald Trump when he came to Houston uh, at Ellington Airfield. I think I think that's where he landed. And he somebody asked him like, "Don't you feel conflicted? Like you're Hispanic and you're also protecting the president?" He's like, "Why?" He's like, "My family are working class. Like we work, we work, <laughs> like we." <laughs> he th this was his answer he's yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. we're working people like 
we haven't we don't have anything to be scared of like even if we didn't we weren't legal we'd be here working we'd do our best and we wouldn't be criminals do you know what I mean? that that would be uh, in all fairness donald trump has said he only wants to get rid of the criminals yeah it, and that's the way you know but that's not the impression that you're getting from the news you know yeah uh, but to me it's like like so so this is the thing when i was an independent baptist when i was in church and it was clearly white people that had like white folks interests and in my head i was trying to separate like to me it was all christian but obviously now that i look back on it yeah there were some things that they would say that were uh for like um how can i say um they were they were saying things that were more like republican party and then they would use christianity to rationalize it which is cool it's, i mean there was nothing wrong with it it was like oh, okay i see it. i see that uh something like you know policies something like uh why this why the south you know what i mean why they still revere um robert e lee for example like well robert e lee as a person felt like it was his duty to do a certain thing he was a man of you know honor and uh like all the good things about him as a person you know what i mean even though he he fought like you can't compare robert e lee to like nazis like robert e lee was like he was an american the, man he was, he was an american what what like he thought was best for the country yes like okay they lost and everything but you know what I mean? he was a christian he he may have been he may, his his thoughts his ideas may have not been consistent with what we believe in 2019 to be uh morally right you know what i mean but in his day the scope of like what he knew to be right like he did his best the north still believed in war the south still believed in war maybe someday war will be seen as something atrocious and 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 horrific i mean it is now but i mean like nazi level you know the way they're trying to demonize uh, robert e lee for example and i use him because he's he's like and, and you know the the people that i spoke to okay so i'll tell you when i got into church it was in korea the missionary was from uh he was a veteran but his pastor the one that he the church that he came out of was from alabama so it was a it was like alabama southern which is different than like texas southern texas southern is more like i think maybe because i'm from the city it's more integrated and i think looking at texas history you still had some mexicans even fight in the alamo against the mexican government you had uh there was this one mexican i forgot his name but he's the one that prepared the legal documents in spanish uh when the texas did the texas revolution because everything had to be formal you know what i mean even uh, declaring independence they had to make documents in spanish uh like there was so it's there's more integration here and there's 
you know what I mean? We integrate everything, fucking tacos, you know, or anything. Well, There's not like Max. It's its own type of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's this integration that happened there this infusion that is just the texas thing i don't know to what degree i, I don't know i'm sure you have separatist separatist groups like out in the woods somewhere you know <clears throat> maybe in the small towns you still got you know especially east texas i think the kkk is still active but um talking about government like texas government i think it's more sympathetic but you know this guy was from a like I've met people in the military from Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, that clearly it's like, I don't know. The sentiment is different. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that's where the pastor was coming from. Like, so it's like, he was trying to juggle two things at once. Like <laughs> give the word of God to everyone. I'll, all the soldiers and this and this and that, but also uh, he would say things like, you know, I think it's a bad idea for inter, you know, interracial relationships. And to me, it was like, okay, well, you're not being consistent because your wife is, is Korean. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're, you're a white guy, but you're basically saying it's okay for whites to screw Asians but it's not okay for blacks to get anywhere in the mix. And uh, his re reasoning or rationalization was probably what, what I've heard since then. I guess you, you hear this a lot. Like, well, both communities will reject the child and they're going to be like left out and they're going to be. So it's for the child's sake that, you know, white and black couples shouldn't intermarry and things like that, which is bullshit now because it's so mixed it doesn't it's like it i don't know in 2019 i think it's all melting pot already yeah i think that i mean i think probably the lowest relationship mixed couple is like a white man and a black woman yeah I, I but oh i believe but so. a black and there's some history but a black man that. and a white woman that's very common it's i mean common. i saw it more white men and asian women black men and I, asian women I saw it more in, in Dallas. Like I was really surprised how many mixed people there were when I went over there. And of course, that's just me traveling over there. Maybe I went like five times within a year, six times or something like that. In Dallas, yeah, it's more common there than here in Houston. Houston's divided economically. More than anything, the neighborhoods are... Like, there's some gentrification happening, but it's mostly like if you want to talk about established neighborhoods, oh, it's very clear when you go into neighborhood what kind of neighborhood it is hmm. yeah i heard that when i went to houston before i met you um i mean we i was probably hanging out in the nice spots but i didn't there's two i mean houston houston feels like a humongous columbus like it's uh but except you guys got the uh commuter or the carpool highway lanes which i, I took advantage of but i went to saint andrew's brewery and that looks like it was a little bit rougher than the area I was staying. Is that close to downtown? I don't know. I was I was uh, hoping I you know. would know, you'd be familiar with it. <clears throat> no, I, I don't know. City. You don't really drink yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't, man. I don't. I haven't drank. Well, like I told you, uh, like maybe in about two months. Yeah. That's that's because of the kratom. I think has taken the the 
like the cravings away but also it's like i just feel better that's good you run a lot more now too um but so but you were in korea when when this happened but so you were you grew up in houston and then now you joined the military before you were a citizen i kind of want to cover that yeah so you can i think i think uh the military is the only job you can be a permanent resident in the government like in the federal government as far as i know you could uh be a permanent resident join the military and then uh i applied for my citizenship after let me see after i got out so i, uh, so I got out after two Korea, years um as a u.s soldier you were not a u.s citizen no no i was a permanent resident yeah and then uh, i got out i I had an honorable discharge. I got out and then I went back in maybe about a year and a half later because I, I was in Korea when September 11th happened and I had only a two year enlistment. And so then, uh, I ETS from Korea. I got out for like a year and a half and then I was like, mm, I'm going to go back in. And then I went back in about 2003 and then, uh, <clears throat> that's when I deployed to Iraq, uh, for the first time. Um, but I became a citizen in, I think it was 2003. Yeah. So when I graduated high school. Uh, so, so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, six, almost 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And uh, yeah, I, if I, man, I wish, um, I wish I would have been a citizen when I graduated because I, I was doing in high school, I was like a, in the ROTC, the JROTC program. And, I got like, um, like there's some competitions that you do in the top five in the district. So I was like number five in the district and that would have pretty much guaranteed me a, an ROTC scholarship. So I guess my, my cousin is right. We're inclined to <laughs> be working people and supporting the state, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what made you, know what you I mean? yeah, what made there's you want to do good ROTC? Things, though. Like what made um, you want to do ROTC and join the military? As a, I think discipline. I think uh, I saw some people that were in there, and I like the. It's weird the, the, the traditions in my high school for ROTC go back to like 1934, when they first started the program. So it's it's very old. It's like an old, and a lot of the people there they were just like, like let's just say there's a lot of there's a lot like there's a lot of toughness associated with that so there's a lot of uh corporal punishment <laughs> between students to you know what i mean in in the drill team competitions and and then there's also like a lot of there's a sense of community there's a lot of events that you go to we also used to do quinceañeras which is like the sweet 16 version oh I, i'm uh, very familiar with quinceañeras. yeah when uh -huh. I was in Toledo, um, you'd always see a bunch of Mexican teenagers coming in dressed up to the to the nines, wearing suits and fancy dresses. Because the quinceañera yeah. is for the boys, and what's the other one? No, 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 it's for the girls. The girls, it's for the right. girls. Yeah, and and the way that, uh, at least in my neighborhood, it's uh, sometimes parents will hire the the drill team. The this is like the male drill team, the ones that we practice with the rifles and do competitions. So they'll hire us. They'll, they'll pay the money to the school, which is like maybe about, 
I think it was like maybe from 150 or 250 to to basically be like we'll be in our class A uniforms and then the family will like have the females and then we'll like go to practice every weekend for the quinceanera and then up to the day the quinceanera happens and we do a performance and then we do like the, we would do the um the exhibition drill that we would typically do with the rifles indoors it was kind of cool it was a whole thing it was fun and but i think uh i always try to be the best you know what i mean so i was like battalion commander at my school uh the last two years so i was a, a as a junior, I was a battalion commander, which is the top position, and then a senior as well. So it's like I was always just trying to aim for that excellence and try to do the best, but it was kind of like pointless because I wasn't a citizen. So I couldn't get that scholarship, <clears throat> which is, you know, um, I ended up just going into the military uh, after I got out. So, but you could have like, you could have been an officer had you been a citizen. Yeah, yeah, I would have been able, like, I was wanting to go to, I guess, like, here, at least when I was in school, like, if you're in ROTC, like, the best ROTC college would have been Texas A&M, because they have a big, they have a long tradition of, uh, like, uh, cadets there, the Corps of Cadets there, it's, like, a big deal, um, so it was, like, a whole plan, but with, uh, <laughs> I just didn't have the, the the document, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah. Up here, I remember ROTC is what we would call it because we didn't respect it. <laughs> and the only ones, I'm sure nobody respected it, but it's... Uh... The only places you'd see like ROTC in high school, it was always like overweight kids that you could tell were poor. And it was like overweight wow. white kids that were poor and they would march. And I remember, I remember I was uh, in high school for my uh ap government class we were going to watch debates of uh candidates that were running for office at the state level and uh and so i was like okay so i was getting all these extra credit points my parents were into that and they're like oh we're so proud of our son you know taking interest and um and so i remember that's where like uh they they'd, they'd have third parties come and debate back then still it was kind of interesting and they might still at the state level, but I doubt it now. Um, no, they don't. That's right. So we went to this one school, and before the debates took place, the ROTC people came out. It was like three overweight girls, white girls. And I remember like uh, one lady who was running for lieutenant governor for the natural law party saluted that her name was Sadie something, and she saluted them and said, I was in the ROTC in high school as well, blah, blah, blah. So that was like my first experience. And then I, the only thing I knew about ROTC was if I was going to do that in college, uh, I would get a, I'd get free schooling, but every year I spent in school that they paid for, I'd have to spend time in the military. <clears throat> right. That was the trade-off. Yeah. And then, uh, you'd get like, you get your own gym and stuff like that. And I almost did it. My mom, uh, just vehemently opposed me being in the military because I didn't, because I didn't want to pay for school, and my mom's like, "Well, I'm going to pay for your school. I'd rather pay for your school than you join the military." So, and it, it was post nine eleven too. So I was like, eh, "That's probably a good idea." 
So, but, well, I, yeah. but I was like, well, I would be an officer, so it's not like I'm gonna get killed. So, well, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was probably it's probably a good thing in hindsight. Yeah, especially like a lieutenant, you're the guy that they send off to do all the dumb shit, and you you can't discount accidents. Man, there was like. Uh, when I went to when I was deployed the second time with the National Guard unit, the first one was active duty. Second one was with the National Guard unit. If you go online, you um, you can Google uh, RIP Red River Forty Four. That was the call sign of the the Chinook that went down, and it was uh, like it was. Uh, I think it was. <clears throat> I don't remember if it was a warrant officers. But I think there was at least one one officer and then a first sergeant. This is a guy that was already ready to retire. This was like his last go. And then and some young, you know, specialist. They were these were all the crew of that aircraft from Kuwait to Iraq. It just it took a plunge. Crazy. It was an accident. Human error, I think. They determined it to be. They decided to fly at night. Well, I mean, I think that's how you had to fly going into like if because we were a general support aviation battalion. We had uh, Chinooks and we had um, Blackhawks. And we had, uh, yeah, and I think they were a medical unit. No, no, no. They, they were a general support aviation uh, unit. So they would, once they got in country, they were going to be moving around people or supplies or things like that. But just getting into Iraq was the uh, was the problem there. That's interesting, man. So you, uh, so yeah, I mean, and that's how what's his face died too, um, Pat Tillman. It was his it was friendly fire, and the amount of people yeah. that die of friendly fire is pretty high. Um, so moving, uh, moving along, sir. Moving forward, uh, the one. Um, I uh, wanted to. Oh yeah, so you're in the military. You're you're a Christian. You you get out. You you have the mindset culturally as a uh, the type of Mexican you are is we work hard. We're not criminals. Um, so with that, working hard and not being a criminal, what did uh, so like how how have, how has that kind of influenced your your worldview? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I guess like when, when you and I were talking, uh, a couple of years back, like go, leaning more libertarian, like, I think that made me actually looking into libertarianism made me go a little bit further to the left. You know what I mean? Like made me a little bit more compassionate. I don't know if you can hear the dogs out here. I'm outside. It's, you're, and, uh, you're fine. It's not, it's not bad. <laughs> Uh, um, you're outside you're, you're gonna go for a run after this <laughs> maybe well my kids they they're gonna hold me to to go with them they they're like god oh, we want to go biking you can go run i was like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'm taking my little seven-year-olds to go biking oh and just while I run. say you're a responsible father you have uh i think you and my friend greg burns have the record for children <laughs> the seven, right? Seven, seven, seven children. Uh, 
I have, so I have, uh, so I had three biological, my wife had three and then we had twins together. So that's eight, eight kids between the two of you, <clears throat> between the two of us. Yeah. But at home we only have four now. Okay. Yeah. That's not, yeah. bad. that's more manageable. Yeah. It's more manageable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think libertarianism made me lean more to the left a little bit because it was more like, okay, individual rights uh, made me look less as to like how much the state should be involved in. Because, you know, as a Christian, you're like, why doesn't just people, why don't people just do right? Which I'll never forget when we first uh, started talking when we first started having conversations, you and I, and uh, I would do this a lot. And I don't know if you remember, but I was like, ah, oh, fucking idiot. Like I would tell myself that as I would make a mistake on something, you were like, no, man, you're good. Like, don't call yourself that. Yeah, like, good self-talk, bud. Good self-talk. Yeah. And it's like, I never had that concept in my head, but I think that was part of my like, what do they call it self-flatulation <laughs> you know as a christian you're like i'm gonna you know what i mean beat myself up yeah because you know as as a christian you're at least the christianity that i practice it was like you know no one there's only only god is uh righteous and if you have any righteousness in you it's because of god and original sin and all those things like and that makes you basically a sinful person that has to daily go to god to for that forgiveness and there's nothing good in you and you know <clears throat> so i think you're hard on yourself and when you're hard on yourself you're hard on other people you know what i mean yeah. so it's like i think whenever especially those close to you like those you love like because you see them as an extension of yourself, you know? And uh, I think that's what made me pull away from from religion. And I'll get, I'll get to that, or, or at least the traditional Christianity that I was, uh, that I was practicing, you know? But um, yeah, but my mentality was like, oh, like just like my cousin, like, oh, you're gonna be a fuck up, you just get the consequences. It's too easy. Like, if you're going to make a fucking mistake, and you know, it's so funny because in high school, ROTC, that was one of the things that we used to tell each other all the time. If you make a mistake, just say no excuses. And all I can do is just fix it from where I am. I've made the mistake. And I think I carried that on to my active duty career. I think <laughs> I got in trouble also there one time. And I was just like, well, no excuse. And it's like, it kind of toned down the ire of like <laughs> the commander because mm. he didn't know what to think. Like, I think I, you know, I think it was a disruptor in his thought pattern. He was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to do this, this and this and this and that. But it's like, if I was going to stand there and make excuses, it would have just fired up his anger even more. And I would have gotten a shittier deal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, uh, I, I think like, that's the mentality that like, my cousin has which is like fuck if i'm here illegally i'm doing my best not being a criminal working hard i get sent back hey fuck it they didn't kill me i'm gonna come back over here work hard <laughs> you know what i mean hmm. it, you know what i mean it's like 
I'm going to do things like, but of course, that's a big question, right? Is the person here, is the person here that is undocumented, are they criminals just for being here? And I think that's one thing that libertarian libertarianism helped me distinguish. Like there's a difference between lawfulness and legalness. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's like, it's like if you're not harming somebody physically, if you're not, uh, like it, like the harm has to be there. I'm not, yeah, you can make your little chart, your little charts and you can go all Jan Irvin on me. Did I just say that? You did say that. That's fine. I don't think Jan listens to the show. I'm not sure. You can go ever, ahead and I'm make not sure your, he ever did. <laughs> you can make your little mind map as to how you're connecting what you know me being here undocumented, and and then make me out to be a criminal. But I'm not. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm working hard for what I'm doing. Uh, I'm using. You know what I mean? Like, and then if. You know what I mean? Like I'm like in the grand scheme of things, it is, it is worse. Um, it is more of a crime for me to let my family starve or grow up in a place where they're potentially going to get killed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, like it's, it's more of a crime, uh, a moral crime in my head from my experience and my existence to do that than to come over here suffer being incarcerated because i'm not supposed to be here but uh, you know i had the opportunity to do something for my family or something like like people like i said we're born into different we're born to be responsible for different uh circles social circles or whatever kind of circles like and it's like only the individual can make that decision because they're gonna have to bear the consequences of it so you know what i mean and um i think i would have thought before before i made that distinction i would have been a hardliner like no i I don't think so i think because i'm an immigrant and because i understand because i know so many people that are just doing their best like i think i would have uh still had compassion and still would have been like well try again man like if (laughs) If you, if this is that important to you, you know, try again. But, uh, you know, I, I think when I stopped doing podcasts and I told you, man, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to study this whole political philosophy thing for, for a while. And I did for like a couple of years, well, you know, I, I think to, we, to some degree even, I still uh, am. We even talked about, uh, we thought, okay, this is, uh, this is weird that, um, Everyone's saying that nationalism is the same thing as Nazism. And you said to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, that's actual political philosophy. Nationalism is real political philosophy. I'm not sure. Yeah, you have an obligation as a leader to look for the interests of your people, like your nation. You know what I mean? Like, you have an obligation. It's like somebody who, like a CEO has a fiduciary responsibility to their investors. Like, you're supposed to look for the benefit of your people you know what i mean and so then to because i see i see that in mexico you know what i mean i see them looking out for their people whenever they 
encounter some of these issues. They're hardliners when it comes to documentation. You know, if mm-hmm. you're not from there, like you can't even like even if you're born in the US and you go over there and you grow up over there and you don't have the proper documentation, you can't do half the shit that they can do. It's just the nature of the nature of nations, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's how you can regulate, you know, what's going on and control and you know I don't know, to to build up your nation. You know what I mean? Like you're standing like I, I think um what is that philosophy that like the uh, it's uh the 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 mo the max amount of happiness for the greatest amount of people um you know i i'm not i'm not justifying it because i think like the rights of the individual are are important you know what i mean but i think i think uh as an individual like sometimes you have to satisfy two different things and and it, it, it's tricky everybody's guided by different by different um moral standards you know it, it's like uh i think there was like a greek a greek tragedy where there was this one girl that her i think her her dad or she had a relationship with the king i don't know if i don't know what kind of relationship it was but her brother did something against the state and then the king basically said um leave the body there because i guess they killed the guy Hmm. leave the body there don't bury it let the freaking animals get to it or whatever he's not even worthy of a burial and the sister went ahead and buried the body got caught and he's like why did you do that and uh, i i think the whole debate there is like well how much how much do you do um from like as an interest of your family and your social circle and the things that you seem are more important. And I think her argument was, uh, I, I, I serve a higher power. This, that kind of argument was her, her argument. Like, yes, the state tells me to do this, but morally I'm obliged to do this other thing, whether I bear the consequences of what the state has for me or not. You know what I mean? And I think that's where, immigrants have that dilemma as well you know what i mean yeah okay um should i'd rather live over here like that than go to mexico and suffer these other things that are life-threatening or they're gonna put my kids in danger and i mean i don't know it's like such a tricky situation but going back to political philosophy after studying that now i'm like okay well i understand trump's position i understand that you have to look out for um but but i don't think i think they're just shining light on something that's already happening because it's not like obama didn't like under obama's presidency they didn't deport i think they a lot of the people more that people I, than anybody yes the thing the, the people that i know personally that have been deported from some hispanic churches that they would go to their house and deport them was under obama like these are people i know like i know the other shit is going on now but that's just the nature of of 
of this country of of any country you know what i mean absolutely and i don't know it's like um just those nuances i think that's what's drawn me to stoicism like you can't affect you can't affect everything in this world like stoicism boils it down to where the only thing you have control over is your spirit you know what i mean your your soul and that's not even your body even your body you know i think um somebody like john locke being a puritan you know extended the rights of man to extend to their body you know what i mean that's why <clears throat> you know uh, as americans we we believe in a certain thing it's like like protecting like it's okay to kill somebody if they're going to be putting your your body in danger you know what i mean mm -hmm. like legally you can kill somebody defend yourself i mean even extending it extending that to your property you know and uh, stoicism says you're just borrowing that shit you're just borrowing it. stuff is not even yours stuff stuff isn't and i think i'm leaning more in that direction not practically i think practically i still but in essence like i'm not gonna fucking die for my car <laughs> fucking take my car <laughs> take it it's stuff it's has nothing to do with me you know what i mean yeah i'm gonna fight to protect my body but fuck if i have to just i'm gonna fight as much as i can and then if i just can't fight anymore because i'm incapacitated and fuck it that's my new existence this is my new reality i'd hate to you know think that i that would ever happen to me but that's where stoicism takes you I mean, in practice, uh, in practice, I like the American model where we draw from, you know what I mean? Life, liberty, and property. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Do you remember that? Like the first time that I saw that distinction, I think the, um, uh, I don't know what document it is, but the federal document that was uh, written, it doesn't say life, liberty, and property the way uh, John Locke would say. It says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. You ever notice that? <laughs> like property has been added by the states, but it's it's that whole concept of you can add, but you can't take away. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, Absolutely. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not willing to die for my car. No. Keep my car. No, me neither, man. I paid a thousand bucks for it, and half the time it breaks. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. <laughs> yeah, what? Um, uh, so I don't know. I think I've been all over the place. No, man. I liked I, it, I, man. I liked it. I was, I was going, I was letting you go down this, these different rabbit holes to kind of get an idea. So, what do people say to you when um, if somebody brings up the wall and they said, "What's your opinion on it?" You know, being a Mexican. You know, nobody's ever asked me that. I, I think, I think this is only this is only an online, <laughs> an <laughs> online issue because every fucking Mexican that I know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. You're but I, you know, but growing up with every everybody that I know knows that there's a freaking barrier. We people are talking about it like this is people are talking about it like is this mythical thing or this thing that's non-existent that needs to be put up it's already been there we know that it's there people get around it people go over it i doubt that they're going to be 
it, it's too much of a stretch for them to be able to make some sort of wall of China. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's possible. Uh, I think these barriers are already there. There's ways to get around them if you really want to. It's like locks. Locks are only made to keep honest people out. Like, that's all they're made for. You know, and it's like if somebody really wanted to get in, they'll get in. Yeah. So it's it. So the law is there. The people that are over here illegally know that the law is there. You know what I mean? They're they're willing to take the consequences of it, and I think it's uh. You know, it, and it's it's like it's not their fault that, let's say, left leaning lawyers are finding ways to allow these people to be here to somebody who wants to come over here. That's just another tool to use to, to be here. And believe me, they get fucking exploited. Like these people that come over here, these lawyers are not fucking paying. They're, they're not doing it for free. Like whatever they paid for the, uh, they call them coyotes, coyotes to, to bring them over. Like, and all the hardship that they do to get to this side through the deserts and through all this, like they've already taken thousands of dollars per person. Then they get over here and they pay tens of thousands of dollars to the lawyers. So they're not doing this for free. Everybody's benefiting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is just the game that you play. And me as a, let's say me as a, as an illegal immigrant, is this worth it to me? Yes, it's worth it to me. So I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, not everybody, it's not worth it to everybody. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, but you're saying it's I mean, for everybody. You're, you're a citizen now. I mean, it's, it's, it's America first. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that these, even if I wasn't a citizen, I would understand that these are the laws that are, that, that, how about, no, 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 no. that this is the way the laws are being implemented. Yeah. That's how I would view it, because the the laws have been written like this for a long time. This is just the way that they're carrying them out now. You know what I mean? And it's just the nature of things. And and uh, I wasn't, you know, it, I'm putting myself in the mind of the illegal immigrant. When I was in Mexico, I was fucking complaining about the people that were not from my region coming over and taking our jobs. You mean, do you think... My some, grandpa was. Think, my grandpa was. He was talking shit about Guatemala. people from the South coming over. Well, we didn't have... Uh, you guys it was had more like wall, right? In Mexico and Guatemala. That's what people so don't it's, know about. So this is how my grandpa thought. We, we were like... They were like ranchers. You know what I mean? So they would basically look down and have demeaning names for people that would come up north like North Mexico, from the South, from the poor areas, trying to look for work. And they would pay them garbage wages and they would, they would, uh, they would live in, you know, not so good conditions. And they were just trying to do better for their family. And, uh, yeah, my grandpa was nice and, and, uh, cordial to them and whatever, but he would definitely within our family be like, you know, these people over here, like, like just the way that he would talk about him was a little bit like, 
it was negative and i don't think i think there was a lot of people in the city that would probably because it was like two hours south of laredo so there was definitely a lot of central americans that would just make their that their home in the city but we didn't live in the city and uh but it was just like it it, it was like an unspoken class i don't know so it's like if you look down on them when when they were down there like you come over here i don't know Maybe that's what makes us a working class. Like, all right, or, or deal with shit. Like my family, maybe that's why we deal with shit. Like, all right, it's fucking our turn to be the underdogs. But guess what? There's a light at the end of the tunnel because your kids can have a better life than you. Yeah. Like, what? and I think that's that's worth it. Yeah, and um, I was second I was I was thinking something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. before before you go, like I wanna I wanna just tell you that like it was a shame. It was a shame to get any sort of government assistance in my household. My mom, she, whenever she wanted to insult another Mexican, she would say, let the fucking government take care of you. <laughs> like that was her, that was her insult to other Mexicans whenever they would be lazy. To, and, and you know what? We lived in a, in a Mexican neighborhood, but there was like the projects, the same kids from the projects would go to the same elementary school. And our house wasn't the best. It was, it was always clean, but it was definitely <laughs> falling apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like, but it was just this like, this sense of like, no, we're gonna fucking be clean. We're gonna do the best of what we have, and we're not gonna ask shit from the government. Like we're not gonna, yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and buy your food stamps. <laughs> I got a hundred dollars. You can give me two hundred dollars of food stamps. And I'll go ahead and, you know, but I'm not fucking asking the government for anything. That's pretty interesting. It, it was weird, but that that's just the mentality. Now, that's not the mentality that I see online. You know what I mean? And it's, in fact, if I express that, that point of view online, like, I would get crucified. <laughs> what what's a what's a derogatory term that mexicans call other mexicans my grandpa had it's so weird because mexico's so regional yeah um we're so country like we're so country the place where we're from they use words that the spaniards used when they first got to fucking you know what i mean there to where they would say things like um like there's a word they would still use words like to speaking about a woman uh when a woman's pregnant there's a word nowadays that you use only for animals and then another one for humans but it was like esta preñada preñada mean it's like she's she's uh, the dog it's like the dog is is pregnant but where i'm from they still use that word for humans <laughs> It's, it's so weird. The, it's just the pores that they don't like, the the ones from the south. Well, it's not that they don't like. Oh, oh, no, no, no. So this is this is the like the word. So the word, the derogatory term that they would use for for people from the south would be like, uh, and, and this is just like my area. So it's not even. I've met people from Mexico that use all kinds of weird oh, shit. I used to work with guys from Oaxaca, and their slang was totally different than like. They used to say, uh, they would teach me slang, and I was in high school. Well, first they'd call me Nuncho Cabazon, 
and which means like stupid big head or something like that. Yeah. And they were my friend. And they and they was like, no, 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 that's what Drew Sample is translated into Spanish. Like it was so <laughs> funny, and I knew they were making fun of me, and I didn't care because I knew it was like good spirits. And I used to, uh, I used to tease them too, but they teach me. I teach you English. mean pinche cabezón? No, they call me noon show. Noon show. Nucho? Oh, like that N-U- must be a, a regional thing. Yeah, N U N C H O. And it was that must be a regional thing. Yeah. Yeah, and like, this but my guy, grandpa would call people from the south chuntaros. No, not chuntaros. Um, fuck, I forgot the word already. Chuntaro is a different word. It's a different. Uh, uh, shit, I even forgot. I had it at the tip of my tongue before we started talking. You're ready to. You're ready to blast it. You're ready to talk about. I was which, ready to. Which freaking... your granddad used to call <laughs> Southerners and other Central Americans. No, uh, no, no. Chuntaro is like a. Chuntaritos are like the the dudes that wear like the big old crazy boots that are really. You ever seen those boots? You go to chuntaritos.com and you can see the guys with the big old boots that curl up. It looks crazy, man. Um, Tahuaro. Tahuaro is like a, that was like his word to like the derogatory term, which is Tahuaro is probably just like some Native American tribe or something. I don't know. <laughs> some, uh, yeah, but he would use that. He, he was just like, oh, he, it's like another way of, saying that's them and this is us you know what i mean so the urban the urban dictionary definition is slang for wetback or guy from mexico like really mexican which one chuntaro chuntarito yeah chuntarito (laughs) good for you see i'm telling you man you go to chuntarito.com you'll see all kinds of stuff oh chuntaritos with an s okay chuntaritos okay yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. uh, um, something Nathan Frazier because you know Nathan Frazier is a, a white cholo. Uh, yeah, yeah, he told me. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was born he was raised Mexican, uh, but he was telling me like even like Mexicans that are here that let's say like the the cholos that are hanging out they don't like Mexicans from Mexico like first right generation. right so so that was my other. That was my other struggle growing up. Uh, when I went to um, like sometimes it was like I got along with black people better than I did with uh, they call them Chicanos. Like where, where when I, where I was growing up, like there was a distinction between Mexicanos and Chicanos. Mexicanos, they were like, um, aren't you guys traditionally Catholic? Sagan. Aren't the Mexi? Aren't the? Aren't the? Uh, isn't Mexico like mainly Catholic? Yeah, Mexico is mainly mainly Catholic. And then uh, but when the Chicanos come here, they're they're usually like. Uh, um, well, Chicano is somebody who grew up here. Yeah, but like, don't Chicano they usually is, convert to like uh, uh, like apostolic or something like that? That's what Nathan was saying. That's how it was in California. So 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 this is what happened in California. They like in the 1900s they had this. A Sousa Street revival and this like uh, full gospel kind of uh, Pentecostal movement sprung up from there, and then they sent a lot of missionaries out, and a lot of North Mexico became <clears throat> became event, you know, uh, proselytized to to being Pentecostals, and I think that's where my family gets their background from. Uh, my, my family, like, there's some Mexicanisms, like. 
for example, your first daughter, you name her Maria, your first son, you name him Jose. Like those are some Mexicanisms, you know what I mean? Um, but religiously, uh, I don't know how far down, but my great grandpa and his family, they were all like apostolic. That was the, the apostolic or Pentecostal-ish, you know yeah. what I mean? That like very Protestant, long, long not hair, Protestant, long hair, evangelicals, long they call themselves. Yeah, long hair, long, yeah. long dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. even my great grandpa. My people were snake people too. That's what we call them in Kentucky. <laughs> like that's the form of it that was crazy. That that's what that's what my grandpa grew up and he was like, Yeah, I'm not going back to that. And uh, that's what that's what drew me to fundamental independent Baptist theology and 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 you know the church that i went to because i was like oh wow like these are the ultra conservatives of like religious ultra conservatives of the you know the baptists of the, of the white world so i was like okay i feel at home here you know what i mean and uh that's why i was like culturally more inclined to stick with that than than uh than than other churches you know what i mean absolutely <clears throat> but yeah um, we were talking about chuntaros yeah yeah so we were talking about uh mexicans chicanos and oh right right, right. so, so growing chicanos. up so growing up my uncles were like four years older than me four and six years older than me and they would have a better relationship with black people than they would with chicanos chicanos are people that are like second third generation mexicans that are from here you know what i mean so yeah. you would say you would use the word cholos but cholos is more like okay they use the word cholo here in houston now you know what i mean but that's more california. back then I th yeah i think it comes from california and more than anything it's like they would call chicanos here yeah because so then it's like in the house of buggin they would have like the Chicano segment and it would and they would be all decked out and they would call themselves Chicanos. I remember that. That was a good show, by the way. Yeah, and, and I think the Chicano branch, you don't have to be like Cholo gangster. You could be like Tex Mex and call yourself Chicano. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh you know what I mean? Chicano just means you're second, third generation here. You probably speak Spanish, but culturally you've become this other thing it's like you're not really fully american culture and you're not fully mexican it's like you're kind of rejected by both you know what i mean you're your own thing and uh it, it it's it's uh it's like its own thing but when i was growing up in my house it was an insult to call somebody a chicano but it was like when i would grow up and go to school with these chicano kids they didn't call themselves chicanos they were just like yeah i live in clay homes i speak only english you know what i mean yeah, yeah you know what i mean it was just like like it, it was just different but if if um are you teaching my mom kids would, spanish by the way no 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 not not like uh not like to where i just speak to them in in Spanish at home or things like that. Like we'll talk a little bit, but, but not to where they can, like we, me and my wife can talk to where they don't understand what we're saying. Um, but I, I think it's more important for them to think clearly for them to think like, um, I think, uh, them to use their words better to reflect what they're thinking 
and I don't know. I think subconsciously too, I moved him away from that culture because the the way I grew up, there was a lot of uh, it just comes with a lot of things. At least the way I grew up, it didn't come with. Um, I don't know. Like we'll go to family functions where people, like the young kids, will speak English and the older people speak Spanish. So culturally, we're we're still there, but it's just like. I think um, kids pick up bad habits because they think, uh, like, let's say they embrace, and I've seen this in my family, they embrace what they think Mexicans should be, and it just fucking downhill, rather than explore themselves as people and try to be better people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I experienced that too, like, oh, is this what it means to be Mexican? Uh I think I think when you're focused too much on identity, it just it fucks you up when it comes to like living a more fulfilled life. You you become very one dimensional, you know? Absolutely. And I think I I, I think I'd rather them see themselves as like uh, neo like like um, citizens of the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like have an open mind uh instead of teaching them ethics through like religion which is what i would have been inclined to do before more like <clears throat> like ancient greek ethics you know what i mean i think is more important because i religion you know like thomas aquinas pulled his ethics from you know ancient greek ethics you know what i mean yes, uh so so i i, I don't know uh I try to talk to them about right and wrong separated from religion and, and morality separated from religion. And then, um, I don't know. That's why I really like stoicism because it still holds like you still have certain duties, uh, but you understand the scope of your control, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I feel that, uh, for sure. Um, but, um, well, man, I'll tell you what, we're in an hour, we're over an hour. Um, we can keep going, but I know you, you got events to do with, you got family stuff to do. <laughs> hey, thanks for, thanks for, you know, recording this early in the morning for everybody that doesn't know. <laughs> no Drew woke up pretty early to record this. I didn't I get just... up earlier anyways. I got a harvest. Uh, I think we covered everything though. We told, we talked about before, right? We talked about, um, the wall and you and i because we talk a lot about trump i don't i don't think either of us voted for him but we think it's the whole experience is funny we don't have trump, yeah man <laughs> we don't have trump derangement system or syndrome i mean it is what it is and it's like all you're doing is just whining about it it's like just obviously we know now that your vote counts <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe maybe well it, it it counts to a certain degree yeah, it depends on what state, right? Yeah, I think, but, the, uh, I think the polls matter. I think like if if they have a candidate, then I think that yeah, it was. Uh, I guess apparently it's coming out that the the dossier originated from the Clintons. You know, the P, the four chan story that they they thought was real, and then um, just all that that crazy stuff. And then Trump is exonerated from. Well, he wasn't exonerated, um, but he the findings 
from the 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 Mueller probe come back negative, and liberal uh, media outlets are just starting like everything's tanking because everything all their money trainers writing on that conspiracy that Trump was colluding with Russians, and the whole time like we thought it was funny. I mean, we 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 talked about uh, okay, we know this is bullshit. And you know what I mean? Like it's it's funny. I mean, like we'll we'll talk about different stuff. You did recently take a break from you muted certain words on Twitter. <laughs> to take a break I, from politics. Yeah, man. I, and I'm so glad I found that function. I don't know who brought it to light, but on Twitter you can mute certain words for a for a particular uh, amount of time or indefinitely. I was like, all right, uh, let's take off Trump, massacre, shooting. Christchurch, white, separatist, uh, nationalist, I don't know, man. Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, man, it's so funny, though. I mean, um, how do you think the... Because a lot of these people, you think their job actually depended on them making this a big deal? Rachel Maddow, for sure. I mean, her ratings plummeted immediately. Um, I guess a lot of them, I mean, dude, I think they all suck. Number one, like I'm not, I mean, I, I don't like Fox news. I don't like CNN. I think Tucker Carlson is the most, uh, it's a word to describe Tucker. He, he's the most bearable. I think like he, I like him in a lot of ways, but at the same time, he says stupid stuff about cannabis. Um, cause he still toes that conservative ink line. And so, um, my favorite political pundits are uh, the Hoteps every every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on YouTube. Hoteps been told you. Um, <laughs> cool. But I, I need to subscribe and get a notification. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. But it was funny because we, we had said, because uh, I just had the, you know, Hotep Jesus on. And uh, you said, man, I, I identified with them because of when we you and I got into the free man movement. And we were looking all into that. <laughs> And like the, yeah. the way they kind of talk about it is, you know, it is the idea of free the free man movement is you are responsible for your own and you are a sovereign man. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that is what they basically are, are saying within the hoteps. You know, it, it's like, I think I, I, I see the same way now. It's just that in the same way that I was talking to you about the illegal Im immigrant, it's like if all this other stuff exists, right? Like for example, being able to invest in a 401k, uh, social security, uh, it's there. Well, why not take it? <laughs> Didn't yeah. I Rand also collect? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's there. What am I going to do? Not take it? I mean, I'm trying to get my tax, my tax dollars back. I'm not going to say, yeah, how. if anybody it's wants like to know, it's... I'll tell them about it. But... <laughs> I mean, it's not like even the rich people aren't doing it. You know what I mean? I mean, as long as you're doing things legally in the right way, but it's like, yeah, you can go the whole Freeman route and take off every kind of government. Uh, I don't know. It's just not something that I've worked towards. I don't think it's the, for the best interest of me or my family. Well, I think playing the game and be, the game of life and playing the game of life skillfully yeah. is very important. I 100% agree. And it's like, it's like uh, playing... It's like playing poker with half the cards if you do the Freeman movement thing where you 
burn your birth certificate and well, whatever. So too, like if you try that stupid shit they say in court, they'll throw your ass in jail. Especially in the United States. I mean, it's like the guy uh, he claimed to be a sovereign citizen with the uh, he was fishing. He went fishing. Yeah, yeah, I remember license, that. Yeah, and then he then he went to jail. <laughs> through his ass yeah, I mean, it, it's like you gotta. It's a skill. It's a game of skill. Life is a game of skill. Like, ah, fuck, you're gonna extort me for thirty bucks or whatever. You know what I mean? To pay my stupid, you know, fishing license, fishing license or whatever. I don't know. I I haven't bought a fishing license in a year. I think, it's, but, uh, I think it's 30 bucks in it, Ohio. Yeah, I don't know. I think mine is still current. I just don't remember how much I paid for it. <laughs> if anybody's asking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, man. Anyway, yeah, man, it's I don't know. It's a game it's a game of skill. And uh I love this country. It's pretty awesome. If I wasn't here, I'd be wanting to make my way over here just to let everybody know. So you can be mad at me for anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think the wall is a good thing? I think the wall's already, it's been there. If they're going to invest anything to repair it, I think that's reasonable. I think if you're going to take uh, money away from uh, other things that, that it's been allotted, like in the military. like how yeah he was trying to take money away from the military for certain things it's not like the soldiers get any more money or any less money it's not them that's going to suffer but i'm saying if if you've extorted money from the american people it's money that's already okay, been okay. stolen okay it's very charged to say that i get it okay if you've convinced the american people that you need trillions of dollars for 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 the military and then you divert those funds you're slapping them in the face and saying, Haha, we didn't really need all this money, but we're going to go ahead. You know, and, and with well, that money that we told you that we, we needed, but we really don't need, we're going to use it for this other thing over here. I think that has other consequences there. Uh, if Should they raise taxes for a bigger wall? I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think that you're just going to spend money. So this is looking at it from, the, from like a God's eye view. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just going to end up spending more money for something that's not going to work. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what is going to work, but I think, I think if you want to make a wall stronger and it's not going to be that much more, I, why not? I mean, it's like people are still going to get over. There's way. I mean, come on. It's like <laughs> there. Where there's a will, there's a way. So. Uh, I don't think there's any wall or any amount of money that can create a okay maybe there is maybe there is a certain kind of but it's going to be an unreasonable amount of money and i don't think we're willing to pay for it but i don't care i don't care either way because i know whoever wants to come here is going to come here so you don't think and it's, it's 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 racist and xenophobic no i don't there's been a wall <laughs> there's been a wall in guatemala a, and mexico there's a wall between uh guatemala and mexico oh fun fact i've been on border patrol missions um so i've been on border patrol missions where we've gone to it, it, it's called joint tat well i shouldn't say it <laughs> it's a task force <laughs> that that uh does border patrol that, that helps the border patrol uh all six 
um, uh, branches of government help contribute to border patrol and, and monitoring the border at different times of the year. So I've been out down in the border for like a month at a time, maybe about three or four times uh, when I was in active duty in Fort Polk. And they would run little like some of those uh, little drones to take video above, you know, whatever. And uh, I, I was a fueler, so I wasn't actually doing those operations, but we were just providing support. But um, yeah, you could see people just coming across uh, like through the water, like some people you just like, all right, like they're walking there. And I was so because I'm because I have a certain like I knew somebody was going to rat him out. Right. Like I knew somebody in my unit was going to be like, hey, uh, there's a guy over there walking <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we should probably let Border Patrol know. And then, of course, this other dude, you know, he led Border but I don't know. I felt I felt weird about snitching this dude out. It was it was just this like maybe about fifty year old guy. He had his boots on, like he was wearing cowboy boots. Was he a Trito? He, he but he was he was dressed like a Texan. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just like some Wranglers. His shirt was tucked in. It was like a button shirt, long sleeve, and he didn't look beat up or anything. He was just like a guy that looks like he makes this. He looks like he makes this walk frequently <laughs> back and forth. And it was like, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to snitch, but obviously somebody will. Uh, so yeah, I guess maybe I have, you know, contradictory ideas in my head. You know what I mean? And then it's like, all right, well, somebody else is going to do it. And if I do it, it's going to be kind of an asshole move. Because this guy is obviously not a fucking drug runner. He had nothing in his fucking pockets. You could tell he had no backpack, no nothing. He's just walking by himself. I'm like, all right. This is obviously not. And they told us there when we went there, they said, we're looking for people that are uh, uh, trafficking drugs. That was the, the mission. So in my head, it was like, all right, that's the mission. Our mission is not here to fucking round up people that are getting over just to fucking, you know what I mean? So me, just I was go being for very a nice literal. walk at night. <laughs> I was being very literal, maybe to justify my own ideas, but I wasn't going to go and make up, you know, and, and I think that's how the laws are set. The laws are set for Border Patrol to, to, to circumvent the, the, the drugs issue. You know what I mean? And if they're using that issue to circumvent and then and that's where my libertarianism kicks in. It's like, well, if you're if lawfully people are allowed to live wherever they want to make a, you know, a better life for themselves. Like, why can't this person come here and make a better life for themselves? But they're using the legal system to circumvent that. You know what I mean? Which I guess they have a right to. Absolutely. I'm not mad. I'm not mad, but I, I, I'm also going to... It's like knowing what the Matrix is and then working inside the Matrix as to you know all these competing interests that you have. I don't know, man. It's, it's so I, complicated. I, I agree. I think... Uh, it's too complicated. I think another thing that uh, 
my farm manager says, Rich, he'll say walls are also built to keep people in. And that that's kind of like his idea. So it's just kind of like the, the line and fences. Are you trying to build this fence, keep people out or to keep people in? <laughs> I don't know. But but our ideas of the world, our, our, um, our beliefs about how the world works also informs us, uh, also... Um, also creates because uh, like REBT rational emotive behavioral therapy it talks about a b's and c's the b's are the uh, beliefs like irrational beliefs and rational beliefs you know what i mean so it's like sometimes whether we could be wrong in our beliefs and they inform us and we do shit that we shouldn't be doing or that we would have not done yeah had we known the entirety of the situation <clears throat> i don't know man who knows I, I i think everything is so nuanced that you just got to do your best you got to do your best for yourself for your family for you know don't hurt other people i think that's a that's one of the big things on libertarianism right protection of yeah, non-aggression yourself the non-aggression principle if you're, uh, unless you're milton friedman libertarian he did not believe in that he talks about that there's some old speeches you can find um, oh really yeah that's the non-aggression principle is a newer concept i think in libertarianism well not newer i mean i i don't i don't i didn't read i never read ayn Rand. i just was like yeah yeah that makes sense to me you don't uh don't fuck with me i don't fuck with you so well hey so people can follow you on the twitters you're at run stoic yeah man uh yeah i'm, I'm on twitter just just <laughs> i don't do anything uh like anything uh internet related anymore i just focus on family and i just talk a little shit online that's it but uh yeah give me a shout out online and you want me to uh, support you on your trolling? Just let me know. <laughs> yeah, you and wanna... you will have <laughs> you have a like and a retweet Nick, from me. Nick is supporting me on Facebook trolling multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Under my wife's account. Yeah. As a Latino woman. <laughs> so what, what was that post you about? Someone was trying to call me racist. And you said, well, as a Latino woman, I agree with true. <laughs> <laughs> All the way, bro. <laughs> good times well guys thanks again for tuning in oh uh support me on coinbits app at coinbitsapp.com slash sample i'm gonna turn off patreon because i you know fuck patreon screw that company anyways that being said thanks again for tuning in nick hopefully we can uh get together again soon and talk about the new moral majority since i've been yeah. saying this for two months and we haven't done it yet but whatever we're busy guys so i'm glad we got a chance to record man me uh, too <clears throat> thanks for accommodating me on the early morning oh it was my pleasure i got shit to do all, too. Right. all right thanks guys cool